Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Catfish Corner. I am Tommy Dees, Sports Director at the Tennessean, and you are? Still Paul Scarbina. And you do what? I cover the Nashville Predators. I thought the... you covered the Nashville Catfish. So, well, that's a, that's a legend in your mind, but yes. And I, I, I think that... the whole thing about the Catfish is a legend. I went to a bunch of games last year, and I never saw a Catfish. Yeah. I saw pictures, but they could have been Photoshopped, or they could have been from years in the past. Have you seen any Catfish this season? Not yet, but you know it's a, it's like your Bigfoot. So hopefully you'll see one because I've seen I've seen a few. I smelled them when I went to the arena for the opener, and I, I don't know if somebody they have a new X-ray machine there when you come in. So they X-ray the catfish. I I, I think they had a pile of them somewhere. Checking uh, for broken bones and things like that. I, I'm guessing, and and I think they did get a new catfish there too in the in the arena. So now I think there's two. That's not a tossable, or that's not why they bring it. right? No, no, it's just this I think like it's just a, a joke. But yeah. uh, no, so yeah, it's uh, we're two game what two games in now. As we speak, that is correct. In uh, Game 3 tonight against the uh, Baby Sharks of San Jose, is that correct? Uh, yes, the Baby Sharks of San Jose. I hope the organist plays Baby Shark. Uh, crazy Kyle, you know, Crazy mm-hmm. Kyle's pretty good. Thank goodness my kids missed that uh, whole phenomenon. Thank God I did. I actually didn't even know that was a thing until like two years ago. <laughs> and now it's a, a kind of can't get it out of your mind, which is the whole point of that song, I think. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's annoying. Let's talk some professional hockey, NHL hockey, and let's talk about these Nashville Predators. Um, first of all, though, let, let's talk about Bridgestone Arena, which had some upgrades. Uh, they have planned upgrades going for the next several years, but this was kind of kind of the first round of that. And why don't you tell us a little bit about how the arena's improved or different since last season? Also, well, it's the most visible, obviously, is the new scoreboard or or giant tvs or whatever you want to call it that hangs um, from the middle yeah over the middle of the ice looks um looks really really good i mean aesthetically it's it's very aesthetically pleasing if you will it's kind of got the it's got the four the fangs built in there they call it fang vision um in the, each corner next to each screen um and then what, what the coolest part and i didn't realize this because usually where we sit we can't see this but if you're sitting usually when you sit in the lower when you sit in the lower bowl uh, and in any arena, you, you can't really see the scoreboard, right? So they have these. There, there's monitor. There are screens built in underneath the scoreboard. Oh, okay, so the so, bottom. So that you can actually see underneath the scoreboard. There's screens on the inside of it, which is really, which is really cool. And I, you know, they put in the new sound system last year, and, and it's really, really loud in that arena. Anyway, but now that couple, it is and cold often. Well, they, you know, they have ice. They have to keep uh, frozen there, but. Uh, so they, it's been it's been pretty cool so far. They got, they've been trying some new things. They've been um, they have a new uh, power play song, which we'll, we'll talk about the power play a little bit later. But it's uh, I'm intrigued uh, already. Five one five zero. It's a Dirks Bentley song I learned okay. uh, recently. So um, yeah, they they did a lot of they did a lot of testing during the preseason and um, they were testing different songs with the power play. Or? Yeah, yeah, just a bunch of different. I, 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 <laughs> and testing a bunch of different things with the with what they could do with the new scoreboard. Um, and it's 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 a very interactive. It's um, I think it's three hundred percent bigger than the last one. And that would be the one thing I would say. As much as I, I like Bridgestone, and one of the things I noted last year, not because they mentioned that they were going to get a new one, but I thought the screens were awful small for a modern arena. Yeah, and that's look with the way you know without getting out the whole the, the lease that they signed and the extent you know the extension that they signed to be in Bridgestone till infinity. Um, you know the predators are making a lot of upgrades, and they're going to continue to make a lot of upgrades to keep it uh, keep it modern. But this is the first, and will be probably the most visible one. And it's um, it's it's 
definitely something that you'll notice when you when you when you walk in. And, and yeah, and if if you're a fan, that's what you want. I mean, you know that 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 improves your your experience and sure. being at a live event, whether it's concert or whatever else. But and, and like I said, sitting those those lower bowl seats are not typically inexpensive, and. I think uh, the Predators really listened to some of the people who sit there, and, and the biggest complaint was, "I can't see the scoreboard." And and it's not, and it's kind of funky when you think about it. But when you when you're sitting down there and see it, it's really cool because um, you're just you're looking up under the scoreboard, and you and you, I mean, you can see it clear as day. You mm-hmm. know what everybody else can see in the arena. So you know it's it's um it's it's not on you know it's not surprising that they did it the right way they designed it the right way it's it's it it definitely fits the 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 you know the the team's name and and, and it reflects on what you know wh- what they are and who they are and all that so it, it's really i think it's really well done and um really well designed and it's it's going to be fun to kind of watch to see how they kind of utilize that um as the season goes on cuz they're still in the infant stages of trying to figure out everything they can do with it so they'll figure out i mean they you know They'll figure some things out that uh, I know that there's out of town scores around there now, and there's you know there's just a lot of information there that's not overwhelming. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing that myself, and I, as I'm sure are a lot of Predators fans who haven't yet gotten out to a game this year. There's also something new hanging from the rafters, and that's a new banner. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> not quite as um, fun as last year uh, when they did a big ceremony and unveiling of of the the three banners uh but they just kept this one they just unveiled they didn't they didn't hang division it. champions yeah which which is you know not three years in a row is that right two years in a row two, two in a row but uh, not abnormal i mean every team has them um not every team makes as big a deal out of them as they did last season um so, oh they will give that give your opponents time but uh, dallas no, will mention that the uh, well it's funny because dallas has the same banners hanging exactly. in their building but uh, that won't stop them no, well, this is more the fans, and, and it's it's fun. Ba- it's fun banner back and forth, but um, and what they what they make fun of is regular season, yeah, regular well. season Western Division, Western Conference champions, right? You know, like yeah, w- they won the President's Trophy. It's kind of implied that they were the regular season champions, and who also implied that if you had the best record or that you won the division, you probably were in the playoffs, so you were in the postseason. Yeah, I don't I, think it's possible to do either without being in the playoffs. And they look again. They handled. I mean, they were self-deprecating about it. They they handled it with with you know humor and had fun with it too. And I think they even had Nash hang a tiny banner for best mascot and mm-hmm. you know they photoshopped some stuff in. But look, they have fun. They get it. Um, but they're not ashamed of of celebrating. You know, look, this franchise is really young. I mean, it hasn't. It's been around twenty years, twenty one right. years. So it's it's you know. Of course, the the, the the tradition is not going to be rich. You wouldn't expect it to be. So they're going to celebrate every little thing, and and you know, of course, they want to hang the Stanley Cup banner. And you know what? If if other fans want to make fun of that, I'm sure the Nashville fans would be happy to be made fun of for for having banners to hang. I mean, you know, look, you can't if you if you got nothing to hang, then you know, then the people have nothing to make. It's I don't think Minnesota's like <laughs> you know if they want to make fun of you, go go find your own banner. What are, what are you celebrating? <laughs> Right, it's, and it's just it's all in fun though, and it's it's a um, again you know Bridgestone is I've, I've said it before, uh, you know in my top three along with with Vegas and, and Chicago to see to, to to experience a game, um, you know and and Nashville's probably second on that list. I mean I and only because Vegas everything's over it's so Vegas right so it's hard. Penn and Teller make the puck disappear. They put on like a they put on like a Cirque du Soleil pregame right. show and it's just so over the top and. 
and they're seeing really, it on TV. It is impressive, and, and and the whole atmosphere inside the building. I mean, it's 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 incredible, and there's a lot of parallels between between Vegas and Nashville in terms of selling hockey in the desert or selling hockey in the South, and and both franchises have done it really well. Um, so yeah, it's it, I, I'm looking forward. We're gonna be I'm gonna be going to Vegas uh, next week. Well, this week I guess uh, in LA for the first road trip. But they got two more home games before that. Um, and let me let me stop there because we're talking about you know you mentioned Chicago, which is kind of a traditional hockey arena experience, I would assume. Um, but but to me, if I like could pick and and maybe I'll get to do this or maybe I want you, I would want to go to a game in Canada. It's where the where the sport is so appreciated. Not that the fans here don't appreciate it, but that's it's part of their culture much more. It is. I mean, you know, Toronto, you know, and the, and the Toronto's and the Montreal's of the of the world <clears throat> are going to be hard to top in terms of just a hockey, you know, diehard. It's kind of like the Cardinals in baseball, right? Right. It's, you know, it's kind of that whole thing. Without Pack, they don't have the, Packers and NFL, whatever. Yeah, they, and they don't need the pomp and circumstance to to make it. A, it's a different kind of environment. Chicago's kind of like that, where it's you know, it's loud in there, and it's it's you just feel like you're you're. When the, when, the, when the Blackhawks are good, you feel like you're at something big every single time. Mm-hmm. And it's not <clears throat> as much about the entertainment value um, outside of the hockey. But I think, you know, it's different markets have to sell their teams in different ways. And Nashville does a great, great job of knowing what they are and knowing who their fans are and knowing what their demographic is. And then they sell and incorporating the, the greater Nashville atmosphere or whatever you want to call it with the country music stars, you know, who shows up at the very first game keith urban and, and that's that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah i mean you know you you get the different kind of and and, perf- and not only showed up but performed during the first intermission you know like a free and know. takes his kids to the game so he's yeah. not just like a hired gun who came in and pay me some money i'll come play some songs right now he's he's a, yeah, I, I, I have no reason to believe he's not really a fan of the national predator right. like he, he cares about the team and that's cool to have you know it's 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 organic it makes sense it you know, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm indifferent toward country music, but they, you know, it's not, and it's not always country music. He did a lot of, he did a lot of rock and roll cover songs. Uh, you know, he didn't come in there and, you know, just, it's funny to me, everybody thinks of Nashville, I always think of, yep, it's only country music and there's a lot of other music here right. that, that, you know, that's, uh, it, it, but you know, that's what it's about. reputation is built on. They used to play, we built this city on rock and roll before games, and I always laughed at that because <laughs> that's totally false. But there is uh, a lot of that here now. But anyway, um, you let's know. let's move on and talk hockey now. Um, the uh, the key acquisition from the off season is making his presence known, and so far looks like exactly what they wanted. Yeah, I mean Matt Duchesne hasn't hasn't as, as we record this hasn't scored a goal, but he had five assists in his first two games. Uh, had another one; he would have had six in his first two games. I think which would have set an NHL record for uh, most most points for somebody in their first two games with a new team. But anyway, um, look him and him and Phil Forsberg and, and Mikhail Granlund are um, so far the new Jofa. They are the top line, and, and we figured out what we're going to call them. No, you know, Doofus? no, that I, doesn't work. I've, I've I've been trying to think of it, and I'm just I I don't like to force things. If they come naturally, then they come naturally. But uh, no, this they've they've averaged more ice time than than the top line of Johansson and uh, and Craig Smith and Victor Arvidsson. But um, yeah, he's been so far. I mean, it's such a small sample size, but so far. Uh, really good. I think he's lifted up the game. You know, Mikel Granlin, who came in here last year and struggled, has has been playing really, really well. And, For- and Forsberg is going to be Forsberg. Um, 
in that top line, you know, Craig Smith was playing on the left wing for the first time, and I don't know if he's ever played left wing in the NHL. But he's playing with Johansson and Arvidsson, who, you know. No more Jofa. No more Jofa. So, which is good for the, that's very good news for the Predators. I think that was the whole, the whole idea behind getting a player like Matthew Shane is being able to be, have that depth and have that, have that scoring depth. And they, they haven't had it. Kyle, and, and, and to be fair, so Kyle Turris, who was playing on the wing during camp, with on the top, on, with Johansson and, and Arvidsson has now been playing third line center and he's been playing exceptionally well. He doesn't have any goals yet. He's not putting. And that's up also the, another new position, as you mentioned. That that I, did he had he ever even played that before? Uh, he had not. He had not played left wing. Well, he had played it, but not not very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, played it a lot during camp, but they decided to move him. They like Craig Smith better on the on the right. top line. And uh, but Kyle's been with you know on that third line centering that third line has been playing really really well. He looks like a different player this year. Um, you know I think he's he's poised to. I mean he, look he can't if he's as bad as he was last year then they're gonna have a huge problem. I think he's got nowhere to go but up. Um, you know he had some injury issues and, and and other things last year. But last year and and it's funny every time you bring up last year to these guys they all. I was talking with with Granlin the other day about you know just how different it is this year starting off you know from camp and everything and and I Austin Watson was walking by and heard me say the words last year and he said who gives a bleep about last year and that's pretty much what the, you know that's pre- prevalent in the whole room is is you know they're they're over it I mean they and they have and and I get it and I look forward to the time where I don't have to use those words, and, and that's. But the beginning of a season, it's hard not to. I mean, you you know, you kind of. It's mostly the same guys. You kind of have to go back to last year and, and and talk about those things. And you know, month from now, you won't be talking much about last year. But but as you compare things somewhat, you can say X number of games into the season, they're doing this better or this not as well, whatever. Well, the, and, and it's and you and you brought up Duchesne, and and he's been dynamic too because of the his impact on the power play um they're going with four forwards and one defenseman so they have four that's a, ch- that's a chance for let, let, let's start over with the power play a new coach yeah brought yep. in um Dan new Lambert. personnel and yep they have new, line, new new approach with with four they played four they played four one a little bit last year but not a lot um but with that i mean that look so they got roman yossi is the only defenseman um out there and then they have, you know, Victor Arvidsson, Ryan Johansson, Duchesne, and Forsberg um, as their first power play unit. But the difference this year is – there's two differences this year. One is um, – and Victor Arvidsson has a power play goal already this year. He had three all of last year. Um, it's been a knock on his game that he, does, he can't score on the power play. But that's because he's always been playing in front of the net. Duchesne's taken over that role, freeing up Arvidsson to, to be able to, you know, do what Arvidsson can do, right, which helps a ton. Um, everybody on that line can shoot. I mean, you know, everybody on that line can is a proven goal scorer. I mean, in, in you know, Roman Yossi is one of the best offensive defensemen, quote unquote, if you will, in in the NHL. Um, and and also they have two left-handed shots on that on that power play unit, which makes a huge difference. Um, you know, instead of having four right-handed shots and one left-handed shot, they can put guys. In other words, it allows them, it gives them more ice to work with. You know, they can have guys in more different places and and they're comfortable shooting from, you know, their natural their natural handedness, if you will. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, that's it, another reason why they got to Shane. Um, and, look, the guy's not – he's not a super-duper star, but he is – if you know, if he can continue to play like this, he's exactly what they needed. Um, 
that's opened up though some losing PK, which essentially was a PK for Duchesne trade, if you will. Um, Traded some, dropped some salary so you could sign so, right. so, so yeah, they didn't trade player for player. No, but, but, they, but that's essentially what. That's what it was from Nashville's. Right, and and what, but and, but but losing PK. Um, I mean, Fabro so far has been really really good on the second line with Ekholm, but their third pairing is going to be a problem um, with Dan Ham, Houston, and Yannick Weber for right now. I think Matt Irwin is going to play t- uh, Tuesday, play Tuesday night, or will have played by the time this is out, but. Um, they, I think they were, they were involved in the loss against the Red Wings. I think they were involved. I think they're responsible for two or three of those goals, like directly responsible. They just got beat. I mean, and it's going to be. So right, right now we're looking at a team that very small sample size is probably looks that will be better offensively, but maybe not as good defensively. It, it could, it, it could be the case. I mean, there's going to be some bumps and bruises with Fabro along the way you'd expect now. Maybe there won't be, but I, I suspect there will be at some point. I suspect that there, we'll see some different different defensemen uh, in that third pairing and some movement. But you know, still, you can afford to do that when you have a Yossi and Ellis and, and Ekholm and Fabro for now playing playing at that level. But um, yeah, there's been some really good uh, signs of improvement offensively, just the way they look on the power play. That you know, a lot of shots created last last year just. It was nauseating to watch. It just pass, 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 and it was just like they just didn't want to be out there um, after after a while because the confidence just went down the toilet. But so far this year with with, with Dan Lambert, he's you know he wants these guys to shoot. He wants these guys to do their jobs, and um, he wants he wants these guys to shoot. He wants them to do their jobs, and and he wants them to score some. Score some more goals, and I and I, I think they will. I mean, they're one for four. It's again small sample size, but you you, you can just tell by looking at it that it's it, it's much improved. So you have uh, talked to some of the players about the power play. I did. I spoke with Roman Yossi before Tuesday's game, um, and you can take a listen to that now. The power play is. I mean, it's only been a couple of games, but you know, you're on it. You see it firsthand. Is there a different just feeling and confidence even this early already? as opposed to last year? Um, I don't know. I feel like we, we don't really think about last year too much anymore. Um, it's uh, it's um, we got some new personnel. I mean, obviously, with Dachi uh, in there too and um, this new public coach. So um, I think we, we worked on it a lot during training camp. And, um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty good. I think we're moving it pretty well. And um, I think that's the main thing, just getting more, more puck movement and um, we'll keep working on it. Is it. How important is it to build, forgetting last year, how important is it to, to start off the season well with that so that it doesn't go the wrong way? I, I think it's important. I mean, uh, with everything, I think you, uh, if something clicks early and works early, you, you gain a lot of confidence from that. And um, I think the longer, last year's kind of, the longer it goes, you like you, you start questioning yourself. So um, I think it's uh, it's good to have a to get off to a good start. But uh, like I said, we'll we'll keep working on it. And it's uh, it's such a long season, but um, probably it's definitely going to be a huge part. Going to the four forwards, one defenseman. You're the one defenseman, right? So you is it a little? Do you have to play it a little bit differently that way? Obviously, I mean, do you have a little more responsibility? What, what's your responsibilities now when you're the only defenseman on a power play? Um. Well, my, I mean, I'm obviously on the blue line a lot and just trying to walk the line and then get these guys, uh, give these guys some passes so they can shoot the pucks. And, um, um, I mean, 
obviously you you uh, think about scoring first and on the power play you want to you, you want to score a goal and um, I think um, these guys are pretty responsible if, if if yeah if they get the puck we're, we're all coming back so um, I think a lot of teams play like that and we've been playing like that in the past so it's not not a big issue and I think that's the biggest difference everybody when you talk last year that nobody wants to talk about not that it was a disastrous year but um, it didn't end the way they wanted. Um, the, 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 if you look at where this team could improve, it needed to be a little better offensively all the way around. It needed some scoring depth so that, that you really weren't just looking at one line uh, when you were doing that. You know, where if I'm the other team and I can stop the Jofa line, I'm probably going to win. Um, and then you had to have some improvement on the power plays. Just too many goal opportunities were passed up. Yeah, and I t- actually talked to Forsberg <clears throat> recently about him being the person who moved and he said as soon as Duchesne was signed he had a feeling that there was going to be a breakup of that top line mm. um, he wasn't sure that it was going to be him but he said he, he he was surprised at how quickly uh, and they spent a lot of time on they've spent a lot of time on the power play but during camp they didn't have a lot of time Forsberg was a little bit banged up during camp I think Arvidsson might have been a little banged up during camp so they didn't really have a lot of time together during camp to play with these to, to play with these new lines and kind of get used to each other um so, so Forsberg, you know, he was a little bit surprised that the transition went as, as, has gone as smoothly as it's gone. That could all change tomorrow. I mean, that could all – the lines can be blown up tomorrow, and you could see Jofa again. It's and you will even, see some different combinations regardless. But the, but the interesting thing so far has been you look at – you know, I, I was a, a little bit surprised. Not surprised, I guess, because Tolvanen, you know, didn't have to clear waivers and he was going to get sent down. But I really struggled to see where he would – play right now any meaningful minutes on this team and Daniel Carr who they who they did keep up who was the AHL MVP last year and was offseason acquisition big time scorer um has been a healthy scratch you know at least the first three games he's going to be a healthy scratch again Tuesday night um and and it's just it's a tough lineup to crack offensively because I think they're they're happy with with where they are that you know the Sissons Benino Watson line you know their, their their checking line um also really, really good. Has a lot of chemistry. They played together for years. Um, and Yarn Croak and, and Grimaldi and, and Turris on that third line is has been has been generating some chances. And, and the only one I could see, you know, like maybe, you know, Rocco getting a break once in a while and, and coming out and, and someone else, you know, someone else playing like a car or a Tolvanen. But it's, it's so hard to just envision, you know, right now where he would fit. And I think that's kind of why he's not here um i think he eventually i think my prediction this year is he will be called up and he will stay here at some point um because somebody's gonna get hurt or somebody's gonna struggle or somebody's not gonna you know something will something always happens but for right now you know a lot of people are screaming about how could he not be here i'm, I'm interested to see what they do with the with the third pairing though i, I don't know if they're gonna call up a tenority or a santini or um they're gonna have to try something if Poyle's gonna try to trade for a, a cheap veteran um but that I can see that being a problem going forward, um, and so you know, it, it, look, every year there's going to be something. I mean, no team is, but this team is pretty from from top to bottom, uh, really, really solid. And the most important thing is now I feel like you know when you watch them play and it's, and, and it's not the Jofa line out there, there's potential for something to happen. Uh, there's potential for them to score. I didn't really feel like that. I felt like you know other teams only had to really gear up for one line, and that. You know, you can't be that top-heavy. Um, no, and, and they, they had an incredible start last year, early part of the season, and then they more or less played 500 hockey. 
Yeah, once the injury started hitting, and and and, 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 and even when they got everybody back, it just never seemed to come together. No, and then they got some new guys in here, and you know, Granlin and Simmons, and and Fiala leaving, and Hartman leaving, and it just it was just uh, moving pieces all year long, which is not look. It happens to a lot of teams. It's not uncommon, um, but the Predators just ne- you know. You always go. It's beating the dead horse. But if you go back, if they had, were even average on the power play, um, if they could even, and that's kind of what their goal is this year. Like if they could be middle, they feel like if they could be middle of the pack in the power play, as opposed to last, as opposed to last, um, that's going to win them a few more games throughout the course of a season, right? And so, and, and especially in the playoffs, they were over fifteen in the playoffs. Like you can't, I mean, you can't do that and expect to win. So. You know, and, and and I'm looking forward to not talking about it anymore in, in terms of last year. I, I, you know, if it goes down the the toilet again, you know, then we'll, yeah, blank last year was as Austin Watson might might say. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, yeah, I, I think look, I think you, you can look at about fairly measure where things are in increments and. and uh, I think ten games is a fair mark, right? So when you look at this, look at the production and the numbers after ten games, uh, you can get a better idea for how things could be long term. Um, and I think that's kind of what what the coaches and that, that they kind of evaluate that way too. They don't they don't freak out, but after ten games, you might see some things start to change a little bit if they don't mm-hmm. if they don't like what they see. So right, um, you know. So, so that'll that, be basically your first four at home, and then your road trip, and then you're kind of around that ten. Right, and they'll feel a little bit more like you know, like they know what they're really looking at, and they know what really works and, and what might not work. So there'll be, again, there'll be changes. It's not gonna, it's not gonna stay this way forever. But um, you know, like you know, the addition of Duchesne is just is is huge. And, and and the interesting thing about, and I said I've said and I've written that losing PK um, doesn't make. I mean, you don't lose a guy like him, and 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 your team gets better, right? But the trade-off is just like the trade-off with Arvidsson now not being in front of them on the power play. The trade-off w- without PK is it allows Matias Ekholm to be a little more forthcoming with his offensive ability, right? He doesn't he doesn't have to protect PK as much, right? I mean, he's playing with Fabro, and Fabro's kind of the guy now who's gonna who's gonna be the not to be the responsible one for lack of a better term, but allow Matias to free Matias up to be a little bit more offensive, which I think mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. Um, you know, because look, Ryan Ellis is you know he's he's not a big defensive goal scorer. I mean, they, don't have, they have really good defensemen, but Roman's the guy who's going to generate a lot of offense uh, from the defensive end. And, 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 and you can see on the score sheet. Not saying the other guys don't, but Dante is a really responsible, smart guy who player who knows where he should be. Um, you know, and, it's also got a really cool name. Yeah, and and I guess a really cool hair. What do they call that? The flow, really cool yeah. flow. Yeah. Too bad they have to wear helmets. Not really. I mean, with concussions and all, but but yeah, he probably has the be- he, yeah he probably has the best hair on the team. I would say that's, that's probably something we ought to explore on our next podcast. Who has the best hair? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not Nick Benino because <laughs> uh, he doesn't have any. But yeah, there's some yeah there's uh, he probably wins that that contest. Um, okay, the- well we won't discuss it next time. Now that we've now that we've settled that. Anyway, the next time we'll uh, we'll be talking on this podcast will be in a couple of weeks because uh, the road trip will take you away, and then uh, you will have a lot more um, hockey under your belt to assess and and discuss what this team really is going to be all about. It will be near your your ten game assessment mark. And um, anything else you want to throw out on this one? Uh, 
I I hope you guys I hope you guys read about Rocco Grimaldi getting plastic surgery on his lip and fifteen stitches and playing two in days in the Tennessee. Later. Playing playing two days later, um, and had a lot of dental work done. And I, this guy just cracks me up because I see him every day um, after practice. He's always in the always in the locker room stretching, and always this guy just doesn't doesn't stop. But this morning they had an optional skate Tuesday morning an optional skate, and Rocco took the option of not skating. And I was just that might be away. the first time since he's been called up last year. I I maybe I'm, I'm guessing it's be, it has everything to do with him probably giving his mouth and his body a little bit of a rest because that guy just. He just goes hard all the time. If your name is Rocco, you better be tough, and he is. That's that's uh, definitely true. All right, well, this is Tommy Dees um, for Paul Scribina. That does it for this edition of Catfish Corner. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already, and remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it, and uh, we are out of here at the See you in a couple of weeks, or you can listen to us in a couple of weeks.